Godfrey's Gospel, according to Michael Godfrey. They think it's all over. Or is it? What are we going to do at all? Soon there will be no such thing as COVID-19. It will become a footnote in history, just like the Spanish flu. At least, that's what all the talk was about over the weekend when suddenly almost all restrictions on our daily lives were removed. Late last week it was about a phased return to normal life if there ever will be one again. But then the government went further than anyone had imagined and suddenly the COVID pass to even get into a licensed premises had been made redundant. Trading hours were back to normal, social distancing was a thing of the past and there was no limit to numbers. It was party central. After almost two years of hibernation we are even being encouraged to go back to the office to work and plans are being made to hold real and virtual Paddy's Day parades. And with the extra bank holiday, we should all have one hell of a hoolie. All that is great, super, and couldn't be more welcome. But not to be a spoil sport about things, is it really over, or have we jumped the gun a little? While hospital numbers are on the decline, as well as those in need of an ICU bed, didn't we see a reduction in numbers in the recent past, which also gave grounds for optimism, only for Delta to put paid to all of that. Yes, our vaccination and booster programmes were a game-changer this time around, but some immunologists reckon another variant could be waiting in the long grass. Another important factor is the reopening of air travel which leaves us exposed to rising infection rates. As Europeans, we are very lucky. We have a vaccination programme, and those that want it can get it, but not everyone is as lucky. There are large parts of the planet where the administration of a vaccine against Covid is only an aspiration and in all likelihood will never become a reality. That means the virus will have all the time in the world to mutate and make our lives miserable. We really won't know how that plays out until all our holiday makers have returned home. We shouldn't worry about duty-free or even contraband. Instead, we should be concerned about who they have met and what they are bringing back to this country, unknown to themselves and the rest of us. But not to be a killjoy altogether, I must say I welcome the fact that I did not have to produce my COVID pass, photo ID or contact details over the weekend. I did and will continue to wear a mask because I have people close to me who are still immunocompromised. And irrespective of vaccines, they are still at risk, no matter what restrictions are removed. The wearing of masks and hand washing has consistently proved to be of benefit, and as far as I'm concerned, I'll hedge on the side of caution for now and continue to do both. There are already rumblings of holding an inquiry to see where we went wrong over the past two years, which to me seems petty and futile just like all the talk over a party that was held almost two years ago in the Department of Foreign Affairs. Someone who should have known better took a photo and stuck it up on the internet. Big deal. OK, lockdown was in place, and it shouldn't have happened, but let's be honest, a hell of a lot of parties were being held in all sorts of places at that time as well. I agree, there should be a review of how we handled the pandemic, but not a witch hunt. No doubt mistakes were made, but the authorities got it right on most occasions. Hindsight is great, but in the heat of battle for survival, people do things that, perhaps with a bit more time to dig deep and examine more thoroughly, they may have done differently. But we didn't have time. The Grim Reaper had arrived, 
and as the then Taoiseach said, they couldn't see it and couldn't stop it. As with any war, there are casualties, and yes, people died who should not have died. But many of us are here today because of the great work of others, and for that, we should be thankful. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Change must come in the wake of Ashling's death. The recent tragic death of Ashling Murphy has left a deep sense of vulnerability and pain in the heart and soul of our nation. Ashling's horrific murder has brought a renewed consciousness of how so many women constantly feel afraid regarding their fundamental human right to be able to feel safe. Ashling was just going for a run after a busy day doing what she loved, teaching children. Teachers have been described by Taoiseach Michal Martin as the backbone of our society. As an educator, Ashling was in her infancy of what promised to be a wonderful career, grounded in the valuable vocation of cultivating the gifts and talents of young people. She was 23 years of age, and despite her young life, the country seemed to get to know her personality by the powerful testimony of her family, her boyfriend and her school principal. Articulate, confident and deeply gifted. Ashling was a talented musician and camogie player who was described as a bright light for all who knew and loved her. In all our lives, our teachers are held close to our memory. I think especially of Ashling's first-class pupils in Doro County Offaly, at their tender young age, trying to make sense of her absence makes us all deeply upset. Too many women continue to be exposed to horrendous verbal, physical, emotional and sexual abuse, not to mention violence. Many women don't feel safe inside their own homes. Domestic violence has been an ugly reality felt by too many, especially during lockdown. As a male, and indeed as part of a culture where patriarchy continues to be frequently felt, I sense a fundamental need to end misogyny and a culture that has imposed such fear into the lives of women. Ashling's tragic death can become a cathartic moment for how we engage and defend the integrity of every woman in Irish society. We all have a responsibility to engage in this national conversation and to have the courage to disassociate and name aloud when we encounter inappropriate comments, gestures or behaviour that intimidates and belittles women. It is no longer acceptable that the majority of women feel vulnerable when they are simply out for a walk. In his reaction to Ashling's tragic death, President Michael D. Higgins suggested that now is the time to reflect on how we can eliminate violence against women from our society. May I suggest to all our people to reflect on all of our actions and attitudes, and indeed those we may have been leaving unchallenged among those whom we know, and do all we can to ensure that the society we live in is one where all of our citizens are free to live their lives, participate fully in an atmosphere that is unencumbered by risks for their safety. As we welcome the beginnings of a new spring, I'm sure we all take inspiration from the green shoots of emerging daffodils. Daffodils are indeed a sacred spring flower. And like Ashling, their lives are short, but their blossoms are so very bright. Daffodils are the blooms of hope. In his poem, Robert Herrick laments the brief life of the daffodil. To Daffodils Fair daffodils, we weep to see you haste away so soon. As yet, the early rising sun, 
has not attained his noon. Stay, stay until the hasting day has run but to the even song, and, having prayed together, we will go with you along. We have short time to stay as you, we have as short a spring, as quick a growth to meet decay as you or anything. We die, as your hours do, and dry away like to the summer's rain, or as the pearls of morning dew, ne'er to be found again. In your short life, Ashling, you have inspired an entire nation.